Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord God, you are a God who loves us, who reveals yourself to us, and we pray that you would help us by your Spirit to know more about you and to know you more this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, central to today, Remembrance Sunday, is sacrifice. Sacrifice is central to today. If you go onto the British Legion website and you see what they say is the summary of what the British Legion do, it says this. It says, the Legion is committed to helping everyone understand the importance of remembrance so that sacrifices are never forgotten. Sacrifice, it is central to today. In fact, earlier this week, I went to our our local primary school, Macaulay, and uh, I was doing a sort of remembrance assembly. And in this uh, remembrance assembly, I showed uh, all the children of Macaulay from reception up to year six, I showed them a two-minute video that had been produced by the British Legion. And it was a two-minute video featuring all sorts of different celebrities and celebrities holding uh, a poppy in front of their mouth. And just uh, in terms of uh, just encouraging people to do the two minutes of silence. And it was all these celebrities holding it and then the video was totally silent. Celebrities such as uh, Cheryl, uh, Jessica Ennis, um, Ollie Moores, Alan Sugar, uh, Freddie Flintoff, and many, many more. And I showed them this two-minute video. And then I asked all the children of Macaulay, I said to them, I said, uh, could you put your hand up if you know the name of any of those celebrities you've just seen on the video? And one little girl put her hand up, and she, was, uh, she must have been five years old. She was in reception. 
And I, I was sort of, I was expecting the older ones to put their hands up. I thought it's not really a question for the younger ones. They probably won't know many of the celebrities, but the older ones will. Uh, but this, this older girl's put her hand up, and I thought, well, I better ask, uh, ask her. And so uh, I said, yeah. And she said, my great-great-grandpa died in a plane in the war. And she said it with quite a bit of emotion on her face. You see, I asked about celebrities, but she was just focused on sacrifice. The sacrifice of her great-grandpa in the war. Today, it is all about sacrifice. And sacrifice, it is central to the Bible story that John just read for us. Here at Holy Trinity Clapham, over the last few weeks, we've been going through the book of Exodus uh, in the Old Testament in the Bible. Uh, and we've been hearing how God, he, he remembers his people. His people are in Egypt, they're in slavery, and God remembers them. And he reveals himself, you'll probably remember the story, uh, he reveals himself to Moses at the burning bush. And he encourages Moses and he says, Moses, I am going to use you as part of my plan to rescue my people from Egypt. And so Moses, he goes to Pharaoh, the head of Egypt, and he says to Pharaoh, he says he's, got, he's a little bit nervous, so he's got Aaron, his sidekick, his brother with him, and he says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, will you let my people go? And Pharaoh says, no. And so then come the famous plagues, you'll probably remember them. All the different plagues uh, come, the blood, the frogs, the gnats, the flies, the livestock, the boil, the hails, the locusts, the darkness. And finally we get to the last one today, before the Israelites head off uh, through to the Red Sea, the plague of the firstborn. And just as with today, Remembrance Day, so with this Bible story, sacrifice is at the very center of it, because there is a sacrificial lamb. A lamb that is selected, that is selected, that is killed, sacrificed, and then blood is daubed on the side of the door and the door frame. The Passover lamb, sacrificed so that the firstborn child in that home would not die. And really this morning, there are two very simple things that I would love each one of us to hold on to as we think about sacrifice. Whether that is the sacrifice that people have made in war, or whether that is the sacrifice here in the book of Exodus with the Passover lamb. And the first thing is this, a sacrifice worth remembering. A sacrifice worth remembering. If you look at the very first verse on the sheet, verse 14 of the reading, Moses is talking about all that's happened with this sacrificial lamb, and he says this. He says, this is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. He says, commemorate it. He says, remember this sacrificial lamb. And just as we today, we are remembering the sacrifice of many men and women in the armed forces. We all do remember sacrifice. Take Tom. Tom is now aged 99. Tom got married aged 21 and then aged 23 in 1941 he went abroad to fight. He was captured as a prisoner of war in Singapore and spent three years as a captive building a railway line and an airstrip in Singapore. And he returned to England in October 1945 at the end of World War II uh, to be reunited with his wife. And now, today, 2017, he is age 99. And this is what he said 
when he was interviewed earlier this year. He said this. He said, my life is full of remembrance of the war. And not a day passes without me thinking about it. Les Day is the one person I really think about. I was with him all through the war. I was with him in Singapore. I was with him into captivity. I moved into Changi concentration camp with him. But unfortunately, he didn't survive. I think it's not just a case of remembering in November. For me, we should remember every day and every month. And that's what I try and do. Every day, every month, remembering the sacrifice. But you know, just as it is good in 2017 to remember the sacrifice of men like Les Day, it is also good to remember the sacrifice of this sacrificial lamb way back in Moses' time. But we do it a bit differently. Because 1,500 years after Moses, John the Baptist said of Jesus Christ, it's recorded in John chapter 1, he said this, he said, look, pointing at Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Pointing at Jesus and John the Baptist says, he is the Lamb of God, he is the ultimate sacrificial Lamb. And you may remember a chapter later in John chapter 2, Jesus is in the temple and it's at Passover. And he's in the temple and he does quite a strange thing. There he is and he tips over the tables of the moneylenders and he casts out um, the sheep. He sort of sends them out. He shoes them out of the temple. Now, now why does Jesus do that? Seems to be a strange thing for, for Jesus to be doing. Why does he do that? Well, two reasons. Jesus was saying that he was the true temple. Jesus was saying he was the place where humans can meet God. He said, you may remember, he said, destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days' time. And the temple he was referring to was his body. He was pointing forward to his death and his resurrection. He was saying, we don't need to go to a place. We don't need to go to a temple to meet with God. No, we go to a person. We go to Jesus to meet with God. He is the true temple. But Jesus wasn't just saying that he was the true temple. He was also saying that he was the true sacrifice. Because you see, these sheep, they were in the temple. It was Passover. They were about to be sacrificed, these sheep. And he's saying, get these sheep out of the temple. We don't need them. We don't need them to be sacrificed. We don't need that. Because the true sacrifice is here. Jesus, the true sacrificial lamb. You and I, we are to remember Jesus. Jesus, the lamb of God. On Remembrance Sunday, many of us will be wearing poppies. And we wear them to remember those who have sacrificed their lives for us. But the reality is that in a sense, every single Christian should wear a poppy every day. Because every day, every month, we are to remember the sacrificial lamb who sacrificed himself on the cross. Just like 99-year-old Tom, remembering his friend Les Day every day, every month. I don't know if you picked up the words of that second song that we sang. We sang these words, I'll remember you. I'll remember what you did. Remembering the cross, remembering the price you paid, I'll remember you. And those are words that we could have sung about those who have amazingly given their lives in war for us. But actually, they were words that we supremely sang 
for the one who gave his life in the greatest battle ever, Jesus Christ, I'll remember you. And really that feeds into the second thing to hold on to this morning. A sacrifice, it is worth remembering because it is a sacrifice which saves. It is a sacrifice which saves. During World War II, Jim Conway was aged just 20. And he was one of 10 Marines who were sent on a dangerous, daring mission. It was a successful operation. And they were sent in canoes uh, to go into a naval base in Bordeaux and to, set bo- and to put booby traps on the German boats there with limpet mines. And this is part of a letter that Jim Conway wrote to his mother and to his sister just before going on this mission. This is what he wrote. He said, Dear Mother and Mary, I'm taking this opportunity to write a few lines, though I hope they won't be necessary. As you know, I volunteered for a certain job, which I trust you will learn about at a later period. Being very secret, I cannot enclose in my letter the work I do. However, I hope you won't think hard of me. I know it looks foolish to you that I had to do this, but I've enjoyed it and I know that what we've done helps to end the mess we're in and make a decent and better world. Don't think of this as a suicide note, but think of it just as I want you to. I'm leaving this note with one of the boys who fortunately isn't coming with us. I'll say goodbye to you both, thanking God for the two who have been so kind and given me courage as you have done. God bless and keep you both. I know this will hurt you terribly, but I think it is the best way. Your loving son and brother, Jim. Winston Churchill later said that this mission in the canoes helped shorten the war by six months. Lord Mountbatten deemed the raid, and I quote, the most courageous and imaginative of all the raids ever carried out by the men of combined operations. And yet, after planting the mines on the German boats, blowing up six of them, Jim was captured by the Nazis, interrogated, and shot dead by a firing squad. Now, Jim wrote in that note, he said, don't think of this as a suicide note. And he was correct to write that. Because his death, the sacrifice of his life, it had a purpose. It was ultimately to save lives by bringing the war to an end as fast as possible. A sacrifice which saves Now, how about the sacrifice of the lamb in Moses' time? Again, it was a sacrifice which saves. If you look at verse 21, look at what it says. Verse 21, Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, put some of the blood on the top and the sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he'll see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe, and he will pass over that doorway, and he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. You see the lamb there. The lamb was sacrificed. 
blood was put on those door frames. And that sacrifice, it, it saved. It meant that the Lord would pass over that house. That the firstborn child in that house, that they would be saved rather than struck down in this final plague, the plague of the firstborn. And of course, this event in Egypt with Moses, it is pointing forwards, it is pointing forwards to what would happen with the perfect lamb, the lamb of God, the Lord Jesus. For he too was a sacrificial lamb, a a sacrifice which saves. He too had to have his blood spilt on wood, a wooden cross, just like that Passover lamb. You see, those Israelites, they put their trust in the lamb's blood to save them. And we today put our trust in the lamb of God's blood on the cross to save us. Just look, if you would, over the page to the last verses, to verse uh, 29, and how this passage finishes. It says, At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. And that was quite literally true. Every house had someone who faced the judgment of death, either a firstborn child or a sacrificial lamb. And that is why today, that is why the Christian message is such good news. It is good news for everyone. Because every single one of us here, we're naturally not perfect. We naturally have sin. We face God's judgment. But remember John the Baptist's words about Jesus. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away, who takes away the sin of the world. He took my sin away by taking it on himself on the cross. Blood spilt on that wooden cross for me and for you. His death, Jesus' death, instead of mine and yours. Listen to words that are written in the New Testament by the writer of uh, the book of Hebrews, writes this. But Jesus has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Jesus, he is a sacrifice which saves. And so as I close, just in the final couple of minutes, I'd love to just particularly speak to two groups of people here this morning. The first group is those here, and you'd call yourself a Christian, you are. But if you're honest, there are times, maybe even right now, when you're just going through the motions of your Christian faith. That actually, if you're honest, there's no passion, there's no wonder 
at Jesus' death for you. And the question that the children in this little passage in Exodus that they ask of their parents is a good question for each one of us. They say to their parents in verse 26, what does this ceremony mean for you? And it's a good question for us to ask. We are gathered remembering Jesus' death. What does Jesus dying on the cross really mean for you? And let me put it like this. Do you view Jesus' death on the cross for you more like a cup of tea or like oxygen? As you think about Jesus' death on the cross and the difference that makes in your life, do you view it more like a cup of tea? It's useful. It's warming. It's comforting. Jesus died for me, but it's not essential. I could live without a cup of tea. I could survive without it. Or do you view Jesus' death on the cross more like oxygen? Utterly essential. You are totally dependent on it for your survival at all times and in all places. Without it, we die. How do you see Jesus' death for you? Like a cup of tea or like oxygen? For those of us here who are parents, this passage is particularly talking about what do you say to your parents, your children, when they say, uh, why are you celebrating this ceremony? How, how, are, how are we, how are you communicating through words and actions that Jesus Christ is not some sort of nice, warming, bolt-on extra to life in the 21st century, but I could do without him? But how are we communicating, not just to children, but to whoever we meet, that actually Jesus is more essential than the air we breathe. So that's the first group I'd love just to speak to. Those of us, like myself, I put myself in this category, that actually Jesus too often is just like a cup of tea. Nice and warming, but a bolt on extra. And then the second group that I'd love to address this morning are those here, perhaps you don't normally go to church. Perhaps you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian. I want to say, as a vicar, I am not here to nag you. I am not here to nag you. I am not here to say to you, come to church. That's not what it's about at all. I do not want to say to you, come to church. You must come to church more. I don't want to say that. I do not want to say, come to church. But I do want to say this to you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus Jesus Christ, who loves you so much that he paid the ultimate price of death. He sacrificed himself for you. And it is a sacrifice which saves. Would you come to Jesus? You know, today, just as you've chosen to wear a poppy externally on your heart, to remember those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice in war, would you today also choose to, as it were, wear a poppy internally in your heart to remember Jesus Christ, who has also paid the ultimate sacrifice for you? And you can come to Jesus. You can come to Jesus today. You can't see him, but you can speak to him. Because unlike all those who have died in war, Jesus Christ, he died and he rose again and is alive today. Would you come to Jesus today?
as we sit. Shall we pray? Let's pray. I'm just going to pray a prayer that you might like to echo in your heart if you want to come to Jesus today. Whether it's coming to Jesus and you haven't had much to do with him at all recently, whether it's coming to Jesus because you know you've been treating him just like a cup of tea recently. And I'm going to pause after each line so you can take in the words that I'm going to pray and just make them your own. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, dying to pay the price of my sin. Lord Jesus, sorry that I have been living life not remembering you, forgetting your sacrifice. Lord Jesus, today, I choose to come to you. I say, Jesus, please save me. And Jesus, please come into my life by your Spirit. May I know a life free from the fear of judgment. May I know life in all its fullness starting now and going on beyond death into eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.